Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. Those of you in the room, those of you joining us online, we are glad that you're with us today. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We do believe that the Lord is present with us, that as we gather together to meet him, again, whether we're gathering physically or virtually, we believe that the Lord meets us right where we are. Pray with me. God, we do bless your name this morning. No matter what is happening in our lives, your name is to be blessed. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the good gifts, the good blessings that you have given us. Everything good in our lives comes from you. Lord, we just want to thank you that we are seeing, um, we're seeing some normalcy coming back into our lives. Lord, it's been a long time, and many of us are so weary, and we've been so isolated, and we've been alone apart from you. I thank you, Father, that you are moving in our midst, you're moving in our, in our communities, Lord, and as more and more people... Um, are returning to normalcy, Lord. I just, I thank you for the opportunity for us to be together. Lord, I just, I just ask that this morning as we continue in worship, as we continue in, um, in presenting ourselves before you this morning, Lord, that you would continue to remind us how faithful you have been to us through all of this. How faithful that you have been to us this week. How faithful you will continue to be with to us in the days to come. Lord, you are a good, good God. And we do bless your name over and over and over, Lord. We can never say it enough. I thank you, Lord, for this church, for these people that are gathered here in this building, for those who have gathered with us online, Lord, for each one that has come to share in this worship, to share in this time, to hear from your word through Pastor Rich. I thank you, Father. And Lord, I just pray that your presence would be real in this place, that your presence would be strong with each person that's watching this, either now online or later online, Lord that you would be a, a, a sweet presence in our lives going day by day by day. And there's no denying that you have been with us. No matter what we're walking through, whether we're walking through a desert or walking through a paradise, Lord, I thank you, I praise you, give you all the glory. And we pray these things in your precious holy name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. And now you can be seated as you wave hello to people across the room. We're almost to the place, almost, where we can greet each other in person, you know, by walking back and forth. Not quite, so we're so close, but not yet. Um, and now we're going to have Pastor Rich come and share some things and um, some announcements and then the word. Thank you, Pastor Judy. And uh, i got to say, one of the... As awful as this whole uh, pandemic thing has been, one of the things I'm glad it did is it pushed us and a whole bunch of other churches into putting little cameras in the back so that we can connect with folks who aren't able to be with us uh, here in the room. Uh, we're glad that, that you're connecting with us, uh, those of you who are with us online, and uh, we look forward to the day that we can all be here in the room together. But you know what? Frankly, uh, there's always going to be somebody that's got to be that's going to be homesick or it's going to be traveling and is going to be able to stay connected to their church family because uh, of those little cameras in the back. So, and plus, now I get to visit some of my friends who pastor other churches uh, in ways that I couldn't do before. So, uh, 
If, uh, if you are with us online or if you're in the room, you can uh, let us know that you're with us by going to livinghope.info connect. There's a little digital connect card there that you can just share with us uh, that you're with us and how we can pray for you. Or if you have a question uh, or a comment or anything like that, uh, thanks. I'm glad that some of you have my cell phone number and could text me earlier saying like, hey, we can't hear Pete's guitar. I'm like, what? Oh, oh hey, we pushed the wrong button back there. And so we fixed that. So sorry about that. Um, we could hear you in the room, and so I thought everybody could hear you, but out, out there in internet land, we, uh, it took us about half a song before they could hear your guitar. Um, so give us feedback on things like that that we could do better, uh, or share with us how we can pray for you, or thank God with you. And, uh, and also, too, you can give online if you want. Uh, livinghope.info slash give takes you right to that giving page. Or if you're here in the room, you can just jot a note to us on that little green card in the back, drop it in the offering box, or you can give uh, by dropping gifts in there as well. Um, one way that many of you have been giving and that we're excited about this Saturday is finally the Global 6K for Water with World Vision. And uh, thrilled to have so many of you planning to join us Saturday at 9.30 out at Old Fairgrounds Park right across the street as we walk five laps around that thing. It's three and three-quarter miles is 6K, uh, which is the average distance that mostly women and children have to walk each day to get water. It's, it's often multiple trips for them. They might not be walking, you know, a mile and a half away and a mile and a half back. But when all of your water has to be carted in from somewhere else, from some river uh, where, frankly, often there are cattle that also bathe and drink and do other stuff in that water, uh, that leads to all kinds of horrible diseases happening. And the fact that they have to do all that walking and, and transporting water means that um, kids aren't able to get to school and all that sort of thing. We have the chance to change that, thanks to World Vision inviting us and thousands of others around the world. Over a million dollars has been raised already so far. Our little group has raised over 5,000, and every $50 is clean water for another child. If you sign up to join the team, uh, oh, I should mention, um, that little thing at the bottom there is, is wrong now. There's a different little promo code for $10 off that's only good through tonight. It's like spring 10 or something. If you go to valpo6k.com and scroll down, it's right there. You'll just need to type that in as you register, and it takes $10 off because there's some other donor that said, hey, I'll pay 10 bucks to help people uh, kind of give them a little incentive, or give them a little help uh, to join the 6K. Um, can you take that little picture off of there so I can, I can see folks again? Oh, hi, there I am. All right. Um, we would love to have you join us. It's one of these things that for the last few years, um, Stacy and I have loved being a part of. We're helping our boys understand that they're helping to change other kids' lives. And um, it's it just crazy to me that because of this partnership, that my little donation can make a difference for like a, a, an enormous difference, a life-changing difference, a life-saving difference for some family on the other side of the world. So I would love for you to go to valpo6k.com and either join the team or, or donate however you want to make a difference there. Um, so yeah, so all right. Uh, and several of you gave last week to the Women's Center to help moms uh, in need. I think, uh, I don't think I have the link up there anymore, but if you go to friendsofthewc.org, if you didn't have a chance to give, uh, you, can, you can do that uh, still, of course. Uh, today we're starting this new message series with uh, these big questions, all right? And um, several of you have submitted some questions. Some of you might still be wanting to. I, I think we're going to take this thing through Father's Day. I don't know if, if I'll be tackling questions on Father's Day or moving on to something different that day or not. But um, some of the questions that I want to start with today had to do with prayer. I had three different people uh, give questions related to prayer. And I put them in the top of your notes, or I think we've got them uh, on the bottom of the screen for those of you watching online. Uh, we had three different questions that people gave. One was just kind of how and what should I pray? And somebody in our church had said, you know what, I don't feel like my prayers are always like... I don't know, adequate, or like I'm not sure I'm praying for the right things. I don't feel like I'm always connecting. And so is there, is there a formula I ought to be using? Is there, is there you know, something I ought to be doing? Should I be including a psalm? Or how would I do that? How and what should I pray? 
And then somebody else asked, you know, when someone prays for you, does that, like, cover you for life? They had come across something online that said, like, your grandmother's prayers are still covering you today or something like that. Uh, or the reason some of you are alive today is because your grandmother's prayers are, you know, something like that. But she'd come across something talking about, like, your grandmother's prayers cover you, like, for a long time, like, for the rest of your life. And she was like, is there something in the Bible about that? Or how does that work? And then somebody else just asked about, like, unanswered prayer. You know, Jesus said some things about prayer. It sounds like, you know, you just ask whatever you want. You know, ask for whatever you need, and God will give it to you. Well, we do that, but we don't always get what we ask for, right? I mean, you pray for that job, and the job never materializes. Or uh, you pray for someone to get well, and they don't get well. Uh, You know, there's all kinds of times that we pray, and we don't get what we're looking for. So how do we make sense of these verses from Scripture uh, that seem to say that God answers all those prayers? Well, to get it started, I just want to look at what Jesus taught about prayer uh, when his disciples asked him about it. So they came with questions, and Jesus was happy to answer. Um, often we look at the version of this told by Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount. Today I wanted to look at the version from Luke, uh, from Luke chapter 11. You've got it there in your notes. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. John the Baptist, uh, who had been ministering before Jesus, who pointed the way to Jesus. Uh, Some of Jesus' disciples had been following John. And then when John says, look, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world, they're like, oh, well, then we should follow him. And they started following Jesus. And he says, will you teach us to pray? You know, John taught his disciples how to pray. Can you teach us how to pray as well? They probably observed Jesus praying. They had seen that when Jesus prays for people that were sick, they got well. You know, they had seen that Jesus uh, was connected to his heavenly father. And they said, we want to connect like you connect. Will you teach us to pray? So he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, that sounds a little bit different, right, than the one that we pray each week here. And um, uh, it's a little bit different than the way Matthew tells it. It's a little bit shorter. Luke overall kind of was like a little bit shorter in a lot of the things that Jesus said. Um, you know, the one that we are used to praying, you know, like, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he just says, Father, right? Uh, but basically, it's just a short, simple prayer with certain elements in it that like, okay, we should pay attention to this. If this is what he's telling us to pray... And in this case, he says, when you pray, say, and he just gives them words to say. And so there's nothing wrong with just praying the Lord's Prayer, just as written, and doing that as a prayer. Um, I think some of the other Gospels, I think maybe Matthew says, pray like this or something. And and, uh, I know I've encouraged you in the past, and you've probably heard other pastors say, use this as like a model for prayer. You know, where like each little element can be something that then you riff on in your own conversation with God. You know, so you start out with Father or our Father in heaven. And you say, man, thank you, God for adopting me into your family. Thank you that when I was stuck in my sin, you forgave me and you grabbed a hold of me. And just like that dad in in Luke 15 with the prodigal son, man, you ran and you embraced me and you have loved me. God, thank you for loving me like a a heavenly father. I need you to be my father. I need you to guide me to care for you. So you see how you can just take that and let, let let your mind, let your prayer go from wherever that is. And then hallowed be your name. God, you are holy. And you might be like, God, I don't know what hallowed means, but it's probably good. So, you know, yeah, okay, you're great, you know. And you look that up and you realize like, oh, okay, hallowed be your name means like, I want your name to be considered holy. I want, I want your reputation to be elevated. And, and so God, help that to be true in my life. 
You know, would you, would you be honored? Would you be glorified by me and by the way I live and the things that I say and the things that I do? Help me to recognize that you are holy, that you're not some God to be trifled with. And so you understand how this works, right? You can use this as like a model for prayer. And just as you walk through each segment of the prayer, you can let that guide your thinking, guide your conversation with God. Because that is, at, at the root of it, that's what prayer is. It's a conversation with God. At the very essence, the very basic, right? In the, in the this is a football type of uh, way to talk about this, prayer is conversation with God. It's the God of the universe inviting us just to talk with him and inviting us to listen to him. I mean, it's, it's meant to be a conversation. And so maybe you think of the way you have conversation with people in your life, right? How there are times that uh, you approach them with something and you ask them to do something for you and you, you, know, you probably do that with a sense of like, you know, you don't demand it. You ask them and you're polite. And, you know, so of course we talk to God. I'm like, God, I'm not making demands here, right? I'm, I'm asking for your help. You know, this is what I'm going through. The, the benefit is that God is this loving heavenly father who is with us, who sees us, who is never apart from us. And so anytime we come to him, um, if you go to Matthew's version of this story in Matthew chapter five, I think Matthew chapter five, six, um, where he talks about that. He says, look, your heavenly father already knows your needs. And that, that's not a reason not to ask. That's a reason to ask, like, comfortably and confidently. That You have a loving Heavenly Father who knows you, who knows your needs, so you can just come to him and very simply say, God, I, I need bread today. Can you give us each day our daily bread? Can you give me what I need today? Here's what I need today, God. And you just lay that out to him. And you invite him to, to meet those needs, to forgive those sins, to lead you well, you know, and the different elements that are present there in that prayer. Uh, so prayer is a conversation with God. Jesus gives us words to say or uh, a direction that we can go with that. Uh, and then he continues in verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And hospitality was a huge deal in that part of the world at that time, still is. And so like, boy, not having any food to offer is like... You just don't do this, right? Your friend just come. They need a place to stay. They need, and so you go to your friend, like, please, lend me some food. And suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Which I think the picture given is the like, you don't just say, oh, okay, fine, and walk away. That you're like, Come on, please. <laughs> you know, this is embarrassing me, and, and I need this help, and this friend of mine is, needs, needs a meal. Would you please help? So it's a picture of, like, persistence in prayer. And so then he follows that with this. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I've had some of you ask me before, like, is it okay to pray for myself, to ask for God, things that I need? You know, I'm, I'm comfortable asking God to help others, but I, I feel uncomfortable asking God to help me. And Jesus is like, no, no, go ahead and ask. You know, your, your father knows your needs. He, he loves you. Please ask. If you don't ask, you might not receive. If you don't seek, you might not find. If you don't knock, who's going to open the door for you? So he gives that little picture. And it, I don't think that he's trying to say, like, so God needs to have his arm twisted. Or God needs you to ask, you know a dozen times, or God needs you to get all of your friends on Facebook to like and share before he's going to finally pay attention. I think he's just saying, like, look, don't be afraid to go to God. 
Don't be afraid to be audacious in your request to God. Don't be afraid to boldly say, God, this is what I need. I know you love me. I know that you want the best for me. I think this is the best for me. I think this is going to help me help other people. So please, God, would you provide this for me? And invite God to do for you what you really need him to do. Don't be bashful about it. If you've got a, a heavenly father who loves you and wants good things for you, that's where he goes next. He says, which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, I know some of you out there might like playing pranks on your kids. All right, okay. He's not talking about that kind of stuff. Um, I did that to my boys the other day and kind of gotten, I felt bad about it afterwards. I did that thing I'd seen on, on people do on the video where they have the dandelion and they say, you know, count to three and blow it. And, and, they, and so I got both of my boys and I was like, you know, okay, count to three and you're going to blow on these dandelions. One, two, three. And as they open their mouths to blow, I stuck them in their mouths, right? And, and uh, they didn't like that. It was not as funny as I thought it was going to be. Uh, they were not pleased. Um, although then, so then I had to let them do it to me several times and I think we were even finally. But um, this is not talking about God like playing pranks on us. You know, not talking about fathers. He's saying, like, look, your son needs fish. You're not going to give him something that's going to harm him. He needs, if he asks for, like, sustenance, you know, fish. He's not asking for a pet fish here. He's asking for fish to eat. You know, you're not going to give him a snake. If he asks for an egg, you're not going to give him a scorpion. If you, though you are evil, I felt evil that day with the dandelions. If you are evil, but you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your father in heaven, who is not evil, who is good, who loves you perfectly, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit, to those who ask him. Now, in other Gospels, instead of Luke says the Holy Spirit here, others uh, say give good gifts to those who ask him. Um, Luke gets specific here, maybe because in his follow-up, the book of Acts, we've got the picture of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the, the people of God on Pentecost. That's actually next Sunday, I think, is Pentecost Sunday, and we'll be celebrating the gift of God's Holy Spirit. Um, but so we've got the picture, right? Prayer is a conversation with God, as a God who loves us, a God who wants to provide for us, who tells us we should not be ashamed or embarrassed to ask for what we need. We should come to him confident that he wants to give us good gifts. He wants to give us himself. I mean, that's what the Holy Spirit is God giving himself to us, his life, his power, his wisdom, his guidance. He's giving himself to us as we come to him and admit our need. So on the how and what should I pray question, I mean, at the, at the very simplest level, it's like just talk to God, have a conversation with God. If there's a formula that helps, like the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father or whatever you want to call this prayer that Jesus taught us, use that. These things can be super helpful. Use the Psalms. I encourage you guys all the time to, to use the Psalms as a resource for prayer. There are 150 of those things in our Bibles, and they cover lots of different life circumstances, lots of different, um, whether, whether you're just filled with joy and you just need words to help praise God with, or you are uh, frustrated and you need to kind of yell at God for a bit or you are in despair and you're crying out to God God my God why have you forsaken me Jesus reaches to the Psalms as he's dying on the cross and uses that as a resource for talking to his heavenly father they give us faithful words to say and some of you have found uh, great help in reading the prayers of others um, prayers that other people have written, uh, whether it's you know David in the Psalms or uh, some of the prayers here. I know uh, just this past week I was looking again at, at um, the Apostle Paul's writings in, I think was it Ephesians or Colossians, one of his letters, and some of the prayers he prayed, and use that to guide my prayers. 
But, you know, people who are alive today, some people write out prayers. People write books in which they include their prayers. Maybe it's some, somebody that's come before. I've got a book on my shelf. It's the prayers of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know, maybe you've got um, prayers that someone else has prayed, and you read that, and, you, and that helps guide your prayers. It helps guide you in what you say to God. But at, at its root, prayer is a conversation with God. And so you pray about whatever you need to talk to God about. If you're filled with joy, you thank God. You say, man, this is, this is a great day, God, thanks. Somehow you knew I needed this today. Thank you. If you're in trouble, well, that's where James chapter 5 goes. If you've got it there in your notes. Um, he says, is, any, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being. He kind of gives an example of this. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. He seems to be pointing to someone that they would see as like an example of this great man of God. And he's like, look, he was just a human being like us. He prayed, God heard his prayer, like rain didn't happen. It was a drought. He prayed and, and rain began again. Like the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, I was thinking of this a little bit, this little bit about Elijah and this three and a half years. So I was trying to think, like, is there something in Scripture that talks about, like, a prayer that then has, like, lasting, long-lasting effects? To go back to this idea of, like, a grandmother prays for you and, it, like, covers you for your life or something like that. And as I was talking with the person who'd, who'd given us this question, uh, I was just going back to the idea, like, well, prayer is a conversation with God. God is faithful and can be trusted. I mean, he's going to care for us for our entire lives. And, and um it's true. I mean, on the, on the heels of Mother's Day this last week, a lot of you moms or grandmothers or a lot of you, your moms or grandmothers, have been faithfully praying, you know, for your kids or grandkids. Or, you know, I know that my grandparents prayed for me uh, before they died. I know my mom prays for me <laughs> regularly, you know. Uh, and I do believe that God hears those prayers just like he hears all of our prayers. And that God then faithfully continues, you know, just because that person, like if your grandmother died, you know, is in the presence of God today, that doesn't mean God's like, oh, you're not asking for me to protect them anymore? Okay, fine, I'll quit. You know, no, God continues to be faithful to us no matter what. And, uh, and here was an example, at least, of, of the prayers of Elijah, um, you know, having a, a long-lasting effect, three, three and a half years. Um, but prayer ultimately isn't like some kind of magic formula. It's not, like, it's not like prayer is like a magic incantation, and if I can just pray it right, then this will have long-lasting effects. Or if I, if I pray it this way, uh, then it'll only be good for today or something like that. I mean, sometimes I think we think uh, we th our minds go to the, like the genie in a bottle kind of thing, right? And the, the three wishes that you get, and we almost treat prayer like that. Like um, almost all those stories, right, the, the genie is uh, a little bit untrustworthy, Right? And so if you don't ask in just the right way, then the genie like does something that's not really what you had in mind, but it's what you said, right? Oh, I wish I could think of a great example of one of those right now, um, um, but I'm not. Uh, and the ones that are coming to mind aren't appropriate for Sunday morning. So um, God isn't like that, right? God isn't saying like, oh, if only you'd asked me to protect your grandkids, you know, for the rest of their lives, then I would have, but you just asked me to protect them, and, and so I did. I did that already. I, did, I just protected them earlier. There was a car that was going to hit them, and I protected them. Done. You know, 
God's not like that. It's not a magic formula. Uh, he's not like an untrustworthy genie that if we just pray the right way, or we just say the right words. The, the passage from James here talks about a prayer offered in faith, trusting God. It talks about this being a prayer of a righteous person, being someone who's in a right relationship with God, who's asking God then, like, God, would you do this? Um, I've heard some folks say, like, well, God doesn't hear the prayers of sinners. Right? And there's, there's even a psalm where the, David says, look, if I had harbored sin in my heart, then God, you wouldn't have listened. But because I haven't done that, I've confessed, I've come clean with you, you're hearing my prayers. And there's a sense in which, I guess I, I should tell you, that's, that's true, you know, that like, uh, if we are rebelling against God, we need to clear that up, right? We, we shouldn't just expect God to just do whatever we ask, uh, no matter what. You know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to thumb my nose at you, God, and do whatever I want. But when I come calling, you better do what I want. You know, that's, that doesn't work, right? We're teaching our boys, they're five, and we're trying to teach them how to ask appropriately and to say please and all those kinds of things, right? Because sometimes they come and they're whiny and they have demands, and we're like, mm, no, I, I can't hear you when you talk in that kind of a voice, right? We're trying to help them understand the, you know, the way to approach people and the way to ask. And, and I guess there's a sense in which I think that's true about God as well. We come to him just demanding and stomping our foot and saying, you got to do this for me, God. And God kind of says, wait just a second, maybe you forgot who you're talking to. <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance to rethink that for just a second. Um, you know, obviously we come to God humbly acknowledging our need of him and, and grateful to him for being a God of, of grace and compassion. But I, what I want to avoid is this idea that, like, that sometimes we can get that like, um, oh, God would have heard and answered my prayers except... And then we, like, come up with all these reasons. Like, oh, you know what? God didn't answer that prayer because I didn't, you know, squeeze my eyes hard enough. I didn't muster up enough faith in that moment. I didn't, uh, I didn't somehow believe enough. You know, I, I needed all the kids to clap their hands for Tinkerbell to revive or something. You know, like, we, we think that it works like something like that. Or if I can just believe hard enough. It's like, no, this is just, this is your loving Heavenly Father saying, would you trust me? Would you offer this prayer in faith? Trusting that I hear you. Trusting that I love you. Would you, would you orient your life in such a way that it's, that it's pleasing to me? Would you just trust me that when I call you to live this way, that you're willing to live that way, <laughs> to love that person, to leave that behind? That, that, that's a righteous person, someone who's trusting and following God. He's just saying, look, God listens to those prayers. But sometimes we can, especially when prayers are unanswered, we can get this idea that like, oh, it's because I didn't, say it right, or because I, I forgot to say in Jesus' name at the end, or um, you know, because I didn't believe enough, or because of this, or because of that. And I gotta tell you, the reality is just, sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want him to. I don't have a, a, a hugely better answer than that. This next passage is the one that the, that last question asker had specifically pointed to uh, in Matthew chapter 21. There had just been this moment where Jesus curses a fig tree and it withers right before the disciples' eyes. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And so we see that and we think, okay, whatever I ask for in prayer, if I just believe, then it'll happen. I'm just trying to take Jesus at his word, trusting him at face value, right? Well, there's a part of me that wants to say, I guess. But, like, are you going to listen to the other things that Jesus has said? You know, are you going to look at Jesus' own example of how he prayed? Um, there's all kinds of, like, like, this is one thing that Jesus said, and we have to see it in the context of everything that Jesus said. 
You know, um, if I say to my boys, like, hey, guys, I would do anything for you, right? You know what that means, right? Guys, I would, I would do anything for you. We understand what I'm saying to them. If they turn around and say, oh, good, you know, I, I want a monster truck. That's one of the things they like right now. Like, um, well, I can't do that right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, but you just said you would do anything for me. Well, I know, you know, and, but you got to see that in the context of everything that I've said and, and, and our relationship and, and what I was expressing to you in that moment. You know, I believe that in this moment, Jesus is trying to tell folks, look, guys, the, the power of God is available to you. God is going to do amazing things through you, and he does do amazing. I mean, if you read the Acts of the Apostles and you read some Christian history and you talk to some folks, I mean, today, God still does amazing things. The power of God is still available and, and works through people today. That doesn't mean that if I believe hard enough and, and pray for candy to rain out of the sky right now that it's going to happen, right? Because this is in a context of a relationship and of all the other things that he said. I, I mentioned Jesus' own example, and the, the example I think of, um, well, besides the prayer that we just, he just taught us how to pray, you know, which includes the line, your kingdom come, and, and in Matthew's slightly longer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus also prays for God's will to be done when he's in the garden. And Luke chapter 22 is the one that I grabbed for you um, today. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this prayer. Or Jesus, it's, it's the night that he is about to be arrested. Within 24 hours, he'll be hanging on a cross and dying, giving his life for you and for me. And he's praying, talking with his heavenly father. And he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. He's recognizing that this is what I want, but... If you've got a bigger plan in place, if, if, if I have to do this to accomplish your purposes, then okay, I will. And that's the kind of attitude that I try to have in my prayers with God. You know, it's to be unafraid to tell God, God, here's what we want. And I'm the best that I can tell, this is something that's consistent with who you are. This is going to give glory to your name. This is the kind of thing that you would like to do for, for someone, for me, for this person I'm praying for. You know, I'm not going to ask you to, you know, do something for them that's ridiculous or something for them that I, I don't think you would want to do. God, this seems like the kind of thing that you would want to do. So please, God, this is what we want. This is what we're asking for. But then we kind of humbly submit that to God. You know, this is a request, not a demand. I say, but God, I... I'm submitting myself to your will and to what you want to have done. Now we know, I forgot to include this one in there. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, you know, uh, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. You know, we, we know that this is true. We know that God is at work for our good and for the good of the world. But that doesn't always mean that in the moment what we experience is, you know, fun and rainbows and teddy bears. Right? In the moment, it might be difficult. In the moment, we might be suffering, going through a great difficulty because God knows that, that going through that and trusting him through that is going to strengthen us and get us to a place where we're able to then tackle that next big thing that he needs for us to be able to do that we would never be able to do if everything was just easy. I've mentioned this before that um, we, we know this from just how, like, how kids develop and how muscles work, right? That when kids are babies and all they can do is kind of lie there, right? Eventually they get to where they can kind of roll around a little bit. But, you know, when they're, when they're itty-bitty, you can't even just, like, pick them up and hold them because their heads fall all over, right? They have neck muscles haven't developed yet to hold their noggin up. And over time, those kids develop the strength to push themselves up and eventually to drag themselves around and then to crawl and then to keep their balance and to walk. And there are muscles that have to struggle and to develop. And that if a parent just carries a kid everywhere, 
those muscles will never develop and that child will never walk. The child won't even be able to hold its head up if a, if a parent never gives it the chance to try and to struggle. And again, to go back to God is a loving Heavenly Father who is with us, who loves us, who knows that sometimes we're going to have to struggle in order to grow. Sometimes we're going to have to go through difficulty and he's going to be there right there with us. He's not going to abandon us in the struggle. He's going to help us through and that's going to help us then to grow and to be ready for that next challenge, to become mature and all that he knows that we can be. You can go back to James chapter 1 for that one. Sorry, I feel like I'm getting a little bit off track. Uh, <laughs> God's, God's will sometimes for us, if we're, if we're submitting ourselves to his will, sometimes that is not always entirely clear to us what that is. Sometimes we're saying to God, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Right now, I don't know the exact path. I, I know you want me to go that way. I don't understand why there are hurdles in my path to get where I, you've called me to go. But okay, I'm going to trust you that you're going to be with me. You know, God, I'm, I'm praying for this person to get well, or I'm praying for myself to get well, you know, this disease, whatever. I just, this morning, one of our neighbors next door was like, uh, can you pray for me? I'm not going to be in church. I got to go to the ER and like gave her a ride to the ER. Uh, hopefully it's just, you know, some antibiotics and she'll be fine. But, you know, prayed for her before we went over there, asking God to heal, asking God to work through the doctors. Yet when we, when we pray for folks, you know, we... Of course, we're asking God to heal and to help them to be well. But the reality is that sometimes that doesn't happen as quickly as we would like or in the way we would like, or sometimes it seems like it doesn't happen at all, that what God gives them is the strength to endure whatever, what they're going through and to endure it well, knowing that God is going to be with them all the way through and on the other side of that disease, that difficulty. We have an example of this right there in Scripture with the Apostle Paul. I went ahead and put this in your notes from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, he's just, if you read this chapter, he's just been talking about these amazing visions that he's been given. It's like he's visiting heaven himself and seeing all these amazing things. And he says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Says, we don't know what this is exactly. Some have speculated that it was an eye issue. You know, he had been struck blind by God back in Acts chapter 9 and, and uh, had scales fell from his eyes. And that maybe there was some residual, you know, Issues. Other people have said maybe he had tuberculosis. All kinds of theories. What is this thorn in his flesh? This messenger from Satan that torments him. It says three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but He said to me, "My grace is sufficient for you, for My power is made perfect in weakness." If the Apostle Paul, perhaps the you know best Christian there's ever been, you know, let's just guess, you know, like like the best follower of Jesus ever maybe is the Apostle Paul, right? And we've got so many of his letters in our New Testament. Um, did amazing things for God, and God did amazing things through him. If God sometimes has to tell Paul, mm, no, sorry. Yes, I know taking that away would be would be good, would be pleasant. You'd appreciate that being taken away, but. I mean, Paul himself, as he's writing, is, is kind of aware of the purpose of it. This is keeping me from becoming conceited. This is keeping me humble. This is keeping me from thinking, I'm just the greatest. Like, no, I'm not the greatest. I've got my issues. I've got my weaknesses. And God's power is going to be on display because of this weakness. His grace is going to be enough for me to endure this weakness, to continue in spite of this thorn in my flesh, this messenger from Satan. So I hope this is helping. The, the person who asked this question isn't in the room for me to be able to see them going, oh, okay, or mm, that doesn't, this doesn't cut it. Um, but, um, but I hope that this helps as we think about like, okay, what about unanswered prayer? 
Now, what about those times where it seems like it's not as simple as if I believe, then whatever I ask for, I'll just get. Um, like I said, the reality is that this is a relationship and prayer is conversation between me and my Heavenly Father. And there are going to be all kinds of times that I'm going to ask my Heavenly Father for stuff that he's, in his wisdom, uh, is going to say, mm, that's not really the best for you at this time. In that way, I, I've got a different plan for you that's going to be better for you than what you are imagining. And I'm going to have to be willing to trust that. I'm going to have to be willing to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust and follow you in spite of the fact that you're not taking me where I want to go. One of the other uh, weeks I think we're going to deal with, actually probably two weeks from today, uh, just that question the same person asked and kind of a related question like, what do we do when, uh, when people are arguing about something and, you know, one's arguing for this and the other is arguing for the opposite and they both have Bible verses that seem to back them up. You know, what do we do when the Bible, is the Bible contradicting itself? What do we do? Are there tensions in the Bible? How do we, what do we does one Bible verse trump another? How, do, how does this work? And I think two weeks from today, we're going to dig into that one, which might be helpful for this particular question when we've got one verse that seems to just say, you know, uh, give this blanket, uh, if you believe you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer, while other verses seem to kind of uh, condition that. Uh, but we see that in lots of other ways as well. Uh, next week, um, I think, am I remembering right? I think this next week, one of the questions we got was about, um, you know, we talked earlier this year about um, good fruit. And that God wants us to produce good fruit. And that his, his life within us, as we stay connected to Jesus, you know, we're the branches, he's the vine. And as, as his life, the life of God flows through us, we're able to produce good fruit in the world. Jesus said you can tell a tree by its fruit. You know, if it produces good fruit, it's a good tree. If it's bad fruit, it's a bad tree. It's based on what's going on on the inside. And they said, well, what about people of other religions who seem to have lots of good fruit in their lives? seem to be very compassionate and very good, and they're doing all kinds of good. What does that mean for them in, like, in light of eternity? Where, what's that mean uh, when folks of other religions that aren't Christianity seem to have lots of good fruit? I'm going to explore that one a little bit next Sunday. So these are good questions, important questions for us to wrestle with. Um, and I'll try to get you the rest of those weeks as we figure them out. All right? But today, uh, as we're closing up this this message. And if you're feeling frustrated, you're like, boy, Rich, you didn't really get into that like I thought you would, or you didn't really answer. If I, if I could interrupt for just a second, could you, could you, you know, I guess you always could. Some of you do. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, sorry, those of you online, it's not a great way for you to like interrupt me. Uh, there's a little bit of a lag. By the time I got your text or whatever, it'd be past it. But um, feel free to interrupt. But if you wanted to continue that conversation, you could also show up Wednesday night. We have a little Bible study here. Uh, right now it meets from 5.30 to 6.30, and uh, we might move that a little bit later. Part of that was to line up with other things. Part of that's to avoid people having to drive at night. Well, the sun doesn't set until like 8 or something now. So we could slide that a little bit later perhaps. Um, let me know if you would be there if it started a little bit later. And uh, Oh, and I should say, I forgot to say this earlier, there's a new group that's starting up. That's going to meet on Tuesday night starting in June. Uh, that's specifically for folks who are struggling with things like, like loneliness or depression. Uh, it's not a singles group, but a lot of the folks in that group, I think, uh, are, happen to be single. Um, and so if, that's, if those are the kinds of things that you're like, oh, man, I would love to, to hear a little bit more of how I can deal with that, what the Bible has to say that will help me uh, to kind of make it through those experiences, uh, let us know, all right? And we'll make sure and get you details for that group. And hopefully I've expressed that, described that well. Pastor Judy's going to uh, facilitate that group on Tuesday nights starting in June. Um, but before we kind of leave behind this, this morning's question, I did want to read to you uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 8. 
Uh, these are verses we come back to time and time again uh, when it comes to prayer. Where he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So again, he's just saying, look, whatever is going on in your life, <laughs> thank God for the good stuff. Tell God what you need, and he will give you his peace. You will have this sense. Uh, he will give you that sense that, like, the God of the universe has heard your prayer. The God of the universe is with you and loves you and is going to see you through. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If you feel like you're not experiencing that peace, if you feel like, I've been praying, I've been trying to do this, I still don't have peace, please reach out. Talk to someone. That's why that James passage talks about like meeting with other people, having other people pray for you, because there is great value in having other people surround you and encourage you and hear your, your struggles and to share those with you, to pray for you, uh, to, help, to help get you through. So please don't go through this alone. If any of you are watching online and you feel like you're just going through this alone, please don't feel like you need to do that. Reach out uh, and let us, let us help. Uh, let us help each other. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for inviting us into this relationship with you. Thank you that when we were trapped in the darkness, trapped in um, the consequences of our sins, God, uh, you did not just leave us there um, in the dominion of darkness, one passage calls it. But instead, you came to us in Jesus Christ to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and to bring us into the kingdom of the Son that you love, into your kingdom of light. Thank you, God. Would you enlighten the eyes of our hearts? Would you help us to be able to see you well, to see your love for us, to see that you are this loving Heavenly Father who cares so deeply for us? God, I pray you'd help us to, to connect with you. I mean, we've labeled these conversations as prayer. Um, God, I pray you just help us to connect. Help us to say to you the things that we need to say. Help us to hear you saying the things that we need to hear. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. You are good to us, God. We are so grateful. You know all the things, as we prayed earlier, you know all the things that we bring with us into um, a Sunday morning. The, the joys, the celebrations that, that we are giving you thanks for, the, the needs that we carry with us into this time. God, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us as we are open with you, as we express those things to you. Would you give us that sense that you have heard us? Would you, would you help us to know your grace, like the Apostle Paul knew your grace, even though he didn't get what he asked for? God, he got a response from you letting him know that you had heard him and that your grace was going to be with him. And God, I pray that same thing for us today. That at the very least, we might know that you have heard us, that you love us, that you will be with us. Thank you, God. Thank you for showing us that you are with us so concretely in the gift of your son, Jesus, joining us here in our broken humanity, even dying our death so that we could see that whatever we go through, you are there. You are with us.
And Lord Jesus, you conquered death. You conquered sin. Your love, your grace was stronger than our worst sin. So would you help us today to have confidence that you can, in fact, forgive us, that you do, in fact, love us. And if we will trust in you, we can find our hearts and our lives transformed. Thank you for this sacrament that we get to celebrate, um, as, as we will in just a moment here, as we offer to you gifts of bread and juice. We're praying that by your Spirit's presence here among us, that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. God, we offer you ourselves. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit's work in our lives, that we might be changed, that our sins might be forgiven, that we might find ourselves filled with your Holy Spirit, filled with your love, filled with your grace, transformed so that we might live in this world as your sons and daughters, as the body of Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your presence here with us today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you are watching with us online, uh, now is a great time if you haven't already to gather some bread, to gather some juice or the closest equivalent. Uh, if you would like to celebrate communion with us today, we do believe that God meets us right where we are. And that just as he's present with us in this room, he is present with you right where you sit, right where you are today. Um, so let's prepare our hearts um, for the sacrament. Thank you, God for your goodness to us today and for the chance once again to celebrate the love that you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and broke it, gave thanks and gave it to his disciples, said, take this, eat it, all of you. This is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. After supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Thank you, God, for the love that you have shown to each and every one of us. Thank you for this gift of grace you've given us in your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, just as we have um, consumed this bread and this juice, as it has entered our mouths and entered into our bodies, so may we be saturated with your love and grace today. May it become a part of us, deep in our bones, and at the core of who we are. May we know ourselves to be loved by you. Would you grant us, God, that ability to trust you, to stay connected to you in prayer? to live all of life open to you, led by you, strengthened by you, so that we can live in this world as a people who reflect your love and your grace to those you send us to. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.